Organizations have many choices in terms of how they want to design their hybrid IT architecture. And there are many combinations available depending on the needs and legacy systems of the organization. One of the aspects that is barely covered in many of these, at least after the high-level discussions and sales pitches, is around securing this complex hybrid IT infrastructure. Welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. In today's episode, we have with us Mr. Sandeep Bhargava, Managing Director of Asia Pacific and Japan for Rackspace Technology, to talk to us about the security of hybrid IT architectures, or better yet, how do I secure my hybrid IT infrastructure? Sandeep, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to sharing views with you and your audiences and in the process, learn something myself. There's an interesting report from NTT that says that based on a survey of Asia-Pacific enterprises, that security is the number two priority in 2021, just behind efficiency and operations of an IT environment. Now, how do I design a hybrid IT architecture that has security embedded into as part of the process? That's a very interesting question, Alan. The reason why, you know, we've seen security gaining importance Particularly over the last ten years, as you know, multitude of choices of technologies have uh, have grown and mushroomed. But what has happened over the last twelve months is we have all gotten into this giant experiment forced upon us that we are all working from home, and hence we all have to access applications which were never really meant to be accessed outside of the comforts of your office site. Right? Just from a security perspective, from an architecture perspective, just from the way the work was designed. And that, what that has meant is that the CIOs and the IT teams have to really look at their application infrastructure, look at how that can be accessed from at any point of time, from anywhere. And what that has meant is how do you make sure you are securing both your information, information and data, as well as the access at every step of the way? And you know, as people then redesign their applications or redesign the access to those applications from anywhere for the longer purpose, they are realizing that they have to embed security in each part of the way. And things that they took for granted in certain areas that things would only get accessed from the office now suddenly gets access from home. You know, how secure is that? That is where we are starting to see the trend of security, you know, becoming more and more important for the CIOs. The other thing that we also see is, you know, you've seen the number of attacks go up. And it's really because, you know, there are a lot of people who have time on their hands, right? So those attacks have also gone. And it is a double whammy for the IT teams because now they have to secure and they really have to look at uh, what additional things that they need to do. From what Frost and Sullivan in a recent webinar, what they did was say that the element of uh, securing an IT infrastructure uh, has to involve three elements, people, technology, and processes itself. What's your take on that? I mean, how do I piece them into this, if I look at it, re-architecting of an infrastructure so that it is secure by design? Uh, That's an interesting question, right? Um, So I'll take it one at a time. So if you look at people, you think about industries, example, a lot of functions in banks, a lot of functions in public sector organizations that were always done from the comfort of people's homes, or people's offices, right? As they move to home and as 
people start accessing data and accessing the processing of the data from their homes, they are also more vulnerable to all kind of you know, attacks that were not really possible when they were working at office, right? It has the technology side of the attacks, which means more phishing attempts to get into, as well as where and with whose visibility that they are doing the processing it. Because a lot of these transactions would really be, would need to be more secure and you cannot, you know, open that, them in front of friends and family. People have to be made much more aware of their responsibilities when it comes to how they're accessing the data when they work from home, which you didn't really have to think about when you were in, working in an office. Now, for people like us who have been, you know, in the technology industry for a long time, work from home was like that. Like, flexible working was a given. Uh, we were working on the road. We were working from home. We were working from a holiday. So all of this was always a given in the technology industry, but in a lot of the traditional industries, suddenly the office, which was the, the epicenter of all work, is, has kind of disappeared over the last 12 months. So people have to be trained, you know, much more emphasis needs to be given on how they're viewing and processing that information, as well as the phishing attempts and how to detect them and how to get support from them very, very quickly. The second part is really the technology. Essentially, all your applications, uh, or most of your applications has to be has to be available from the comforts of people's homes, right? So what does that mean to your application architecture? You also realize in this pandemic, a number of customers are realizing that getting access to data centers was not easy. But if you are hosted on a public cloud environment, then that access, you know, or managing your application in public cloud was much more easier. Right? You don't really have to worry about how would I get into my data center if something goes wrong? How will I get replacement parts? How will I get an engineer to fix it? How will I cable? Because people have seen and struggled with those. So that has suddenly driven consumption of public cloud for a number of applications as people think about redesign. But as they do that, now suddenly the applications are across multiple clouds, multiple technologies on-premises and in cloud. How do you now control both at the access level as well as the overall architecture level and how data gets shared between the various clouds? How do you architect security in each aspect? So that's really the technology part. And the third one is really the process. So while people have done it, has gone for this kind of a sprawl, how do you make sure that each and every time you take a decision to diversify away from your data center, that you are really thinking about things in a in a much more holistic manner, thinking about what does the technology sprawl do to your organization's ability to support multiple technologies, to secure those multiple technologies, and of course, managing it in a most cost-effective manner across those. Uh, but and security becomes really important from a process point of view. How do you make sure that you have kind of a single dashboard across your application and infrastructure, across multiple cloud platforms that you are actually securing in each of the cloud platforms? So that's really, you know, how we've seen people and companies, you know, starting to think about these. And it's still, you know, quite a bit of trial and error because as I said, we have all been forced into this experiment all of a sudden. And companies, you know, have found their own ways of architecting the people, technology and process uh, and really cutting their dependence on, you know, pure data centers that they used to manage or vendors used to manage for them. 
We've actually had a year already. It's, uh, 2020 was when we were forced into this big experiment on remote working. Uh, what have uh, CIOs and CISOs and finance executives have learned about the security side or the securing side of IT infrastructure, given you know, we've, we've got more than 12 months already of learning from this huge experiment of going remote work? I think one thing that we learned was that nobody had the right answers, but everybody knew the problem and everybody, you know, had lots of solutions to those problems. And it was about trying to figure out what works best for you, right? So it, I would say in the last 12 months, the process has been more iterated. Everybody kind of thought about the problem, got one solution and implemented it. In a diversified world, that's not possible. Uh, so it has been more iterated. But some of the things that as I talk to the CIOs and, and CISOs uh, specifically, some of the things that they've learned through all this one the importance of technology to keep the businesses running it was taken for granted it was one of the things that people just expected and in a world of facebook and whatsapp and every part of your business uses whatsapp to communicate and it's always on it's free and when your it executive asks you for more money so that they can continue to run sap or they can continue to run the service now instead people's viewers hey i use whatsapp for making phone calls and chatting with people and it's free and it's 20 four by seven and why should I invest in all these technology systems you know why can't we have everything on demand you know so why don't you go and look for those uh, alternatives that was what I saw a lot in 2017 2018 2019 in 2020 people realized that technology was the only thing that was keeping them going and keeping the businesses running especially things like zoom uh, or teams or chime you know or google Meet. like one of those technologies that is where your entire business function came together worked together the ability to continue to access your applications continue to crunch data is what really kept you going so technology was a really important part but you have to look at technology in conjunction with the future of work and future of work is going to get more and more towards flexible working and in some way shapes or form the, the office space you know is not going to come back for many more years so whatever technology choices you make you have to make sure that these things are accessible from anywhere and that's what i see a lot of cios really thinking about whenever they refresh applications or build on things they are looking at how do we make sure that it's accessible from anywhere and has the right disaster recovery built in they also looked at as they adopted more of cloud they realized that with adoption you have to go cloud native use cloud native technologies because that is the only way that you will actually get the most cost optimal experience as well as service optimal experience uh, so there's a lot of focus on how do we use cloud native technologies a third is then looking at from building security at every single step of the way and more importantly how do you get tools and technologies in place which can actually give you a security posture across your multiple platforms you know is becoming more the need of the day and i don't think that any company has really solved that problem for now however <laughs> when it comes to finding more budget businesses are also cramped with uncertain business situations as well as revenue positions a lot of economies are contracting like everybody except china will contract which means it's, there's a lot of pressure on businesses to really cut costs and prioritize every single dollar they spend, right? So while all of the right security posturing and the right move to cloud, people want to do it, but again, it'll happen slowly over a period of time because the money supply is constrained and it's constrained for all parts of the business and it's also constrained for IT and for security as well. You just said it, 2021, 
budgets are constrained because of the unpredictability of revenue. IT is being asked to cut back. So on the one hand, business want to push ahead with a lot of forward-looking, customer-engaging type of activities to grow revenue. But on the other hand, finance will say you can't really expand your IT team. One of the areas that is often left out is security. Uh, or at least the skill sets around security. What are the options for the CIO and the IT team, given that the uh, tech vector is expanding, especially with remote working? Uh, and then at the same time, you have a lot of applications uh, that are cloud native, plus that have to mix with on-prem or legacy infrastructure. How then does an IT CIO and CISO help to manage secure everything while at the same time leveraging whatever external resources out there, including maybe MSPs, in order to help keep the infrastructure secure, the, the database, uh, customer data secure? Yeah. So, uh, Alan, it's, it's an interesting question. And I, you know, I'll answer your basic question, but uh, just let's take a step back, right? I think, you know, having talked to a lot of CIOs, especially in people who are in born in cloud, you know, digital native companies, there's more and more traction around figuring out which is really core information that you need to protect at all costs and you can't really trust in a public cloud environment and then everything else. And then really that everything else, how do you strategize your IT environments to be a completely on-demand environment? So you're not writing things just for yourself, but you are basically getting into models which are completely on demand, can be switched on, switched off. So if you tailor your tech environment uh, and you think five years, 10 years out, you will get to an environment, uh, to a position where for, for really core things, um, you will protect, you will have them in your data center, but everything else is architected to be in an on-demand model, right? And I can see the push uh, getting there. The younger companies, the born in cloud companies are already into that model. But for a lot of the large enterprises with rich history, that is where the thinking is going. So, so that's that's one area. The second, you know, second to come to, like, if you have that view, you have to look at the MSPs in two ways. And you have to really look at where your core skills are. So in technology, what we found in some instances is, is where customers are saying, look, I have only a certain amount of people that I can hire. And there are things that I really want to be in control of, and that is security. But then I will not have the need or I will not have the budget to hire people on my payrolls who will manage my infrastructure or application to that extent that I want. And that is where they come and work with MSPs like us to say, look, I am going to hire the top shot security person who's really going to architect it, who really going to define the standards, but you come in and you manage the infrastructure and you could be any MSP. The second piece, which is second model that we also see is, especially in you know the younger companies, right, is they are on multiple platforms because they wanted to get the best technology choices for themselves, for best use choices. And suddenly they find themselves in a situation where they've grown bigger to an extent that additional customers will demand what is the right security posture. And they just don't have the energy or the mental bandwidth to hire and do it themselves. And what then they will say is, look, can somebody come in and manage it for us? 
which is where the MSPs come in. For the larger enterprises with richer histories, the chances of that happening is slightly lesser because they would have their own security experts in-house. But what they will do is a lot of the security, day-to-day security operations, which is eyes on glass, detecting incidents, responding to them, alerting management, all of that functions then get you know outsourced to an MSP because an MSP can bring scale. Right? So we've seen both the models work with companies. Right. It's just a question of, I have limited dollars to hire people on my payrolls. Where do you want to spend those dollars? How do you find a balance between meeting regulatory requirements of being responsible and accountable to our data and at the same time being able to comfortably outsource pieces of our security requirements so that we get the best of both worlds? Having talked to a number of CISOs, and I'm like, uh, on a, you know, we have a, a group on Signal with security professionals in Singapore. What I find interesting is, is the general consensus is that a company needs to have some expertise in-house, somebody who really understands the security postures, the security technologies, how they're evolving, and the company needs to really keep on investing in those professionals. And then you can safely outsource, but there is somebody who's really governing, who really understands how the technology is evolving, and hence, what are the nuances to look for, and how to have flexible contracting, which continues to evolve as you determine new threats or you introduce new applications hosted in different platforms. You need to invest in some bits of capability in-house, especially in highly regulated industries. Right? And of course, they also have the money for doing it. Outsource it and then have flexible contracts. Those are the three things. That's what the general consensus is. Or generally what I see other security professionals where they talk about it. The common mistakes I've seen people make is we've outsourced all of security operations to somebody and we then we just expect that we'll get alerted but you know as let's say you introduced another cloud platform to your environment what does it do to your security posture will you have the same kind of alerting mechanisms do you have the right tools etc that conversation if if you are not driving as a company with your outsourced vendor then you will start seeing holes in your environment and the other thing is you know as we say about shadow it right Somebody went in and convinced a business function to buy an application which is hosted on a public cloud platform just for themselves. And suddenly you find now you have uh, something in your environment which has introduced risk, which IT or the security organization was not even aware of. But even when they may are made aware of, you still need to have enough of the capability in-house to figure out what you do with it. Let me ask you this, guy. As an organization goes for this hybrid IT environment where they have on-prem, in the cloud, and everything in between, from a security standpoint, how do I then have to pick multiple MSPs to secure that? Because, Or can one single MSP have the ability to help you secure or somehow monitor, manage the security requirements or whatever that SLA requirement is for the entire IT infrastructure. And again, that includes everything from on-prem all the way to the different cloud providers that they may be using for the type of applications that could be running in those uh, cloud environments. In security, the moment you start dividing the responsibility, that's when the gaps start appearing. So you pick one. If you decide to build one, then you build one. If you decided to go with one MSP, then you pick one who can actually scale across all the different kind of cloud technologies. 
and somebody who will actually continuously keep their knowledge updated on how the security portion of these cloud technologies are also important. The beauty of you know people like Amazon, Microsoft, Google is that they're continuing to invest in their platform, which means a lot of security functions for which you have to buy other devices or other software, they continue to build that into their platform. So the platform is evolving and is offering many more features, which means how the rest of the devices and softwares that you bought, its interaction with your application on that platform two years from now may look very different than what it is today. And actually, it might be cheaper for you to use cloud native technologies because they can now do the same function. But again, you have to pick one. The moment you pick multiple, you you will land into property. Your advice, I'm asking you as a consultant, you go out and meet customers. When you go out and tell them you have to pick one managed service provider for your security needs, what should be the criteria? What advice do you give them to help them find out who is the best for that customer in terms of an MSSP, if if that is the proper term to use? Uh, I would say the first thing is to really figure out what you will do and what you want an outsource provider to do. That thing needs to be written down and needs to be vetted by somebody who really understands the overall security posture of your organization. So that is number one. The second is you pick up a provider who will be flexible, who's not kind of locking into a you know, fixed scope, which cannot be altered kind of contract, but who will give you a flexible model for being able to you know do things as they evolve. The third thing I would say is pick up somebody who is investing across multiple platforms and not just a single platform and is continuously you know evolving there and finally pick somebody who is actually suitable for an organization of your size and complexity uh, because people play in different tiers it's not necessary that somebody who's let's say serving a 50 billion dollar organization with a big sprawl across 100 countries is what you need for a company that is maybe half a billion dollars across two countries and is using a single platform, maybe two platforms. So you need people with different skills, different flexibility levels, uh, and of course, different price points. So you just need to then figure out, you know, which kind of partners will be suitable for you. And finally, and this is probably the most challenging question I'll give you is, in 30 seconds, what does Rackspace do in all of this talk about managed security service provision? So, so Racks, we, uh, we are uh, one of the leaders in the multi-cloud space, uh, in a hybrid IT or multi-cloud space. What we do is we really advise, migrate, manage, optimize, and secure customers' environments across multiple cloud platforms, be it private cloud in our data centers, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. We continue to invest in technologies which would make sure that across those five areas, we have best-in-class tools and techniques, and of course, best-in-class people. And from a security point of view, we really focus on how do we help customers secure their environments on multiple cloud platforms, give them single view of how the technology sprawl is across the multiple platforms. Sandeep, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you so much, Alan. It was lovely talking to you. That was Sandeep Bhargava, Managing Director of Asia-Pacific Japan for Rackspace Technology on the topic of how to secure hybrid IT environments. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe. 
Have a great day and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.